This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happer and Shaper. It says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why, why are you yelling at me? Whatever, make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Schaefer. My boy's awake and smart. This is Happer and Schaefer. Welcome back. Nine o'clock hour of Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket in theticketfm.com. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you. Sam McEwen's going to join here in about 10 minutes. There's a football game this weekend between Nebraska and Wisconsin. Although I'm sure he has thoughts about Creighton, Nebraska last night. So we will uh, we'll ask him about that too. What a week now this has turned out to be. It's Creighton week. It's Wisconsin week. Creighton game didn't go so well. What other kind of week could it be? What else can we work in there? Uh, it's pack the pack the Devaney Pepsi night. What's that mean? Uh, the wrestling thing. Oh yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I think that's tonight. North Carolina. Yeah, it's a it's a big matchup. The women are playing Creighton tonight. They will score. Okay, we should actually do just random prop bets of the women's basketball games. I would love to. Uh, all right. So they play Creighton tonight. Creighton's no good. I don't think. I don't think they're very good either. Um, if you set it at 86 and a half, which sounds absurd, yeah. but it's kind of like in the range of which they seem to be in. Yeah. I'll look up Creighton to make sure that we're not shooting the moon on this. But I'm going to say, I, I would say under. That seems like an under to me. I wonder can we can we find team totals to just bet women's Nebraska women's basketball? Well, I, I, I've been curious. I've been curious about that over the last couple of weeks, but <laughs> I haven't been able to locate anything. Uh, they lost to Drake, and they beat UNO. They're one and one. So all right, Drake scored eighty two on them. I don't Drake's know. usually pretty good. Uh, Nebraska plays Drake. Nebraska plays Drake. Coming up. All right. Yeah, I know nothing about uh, Drake basketball for the women. I know the men are pretty good. but Yeah, they played them here a couple of years ago. They 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 usually shoot it pretty well. All right. I think, um, the women haven't had much success in the Creighton-Nebraska rivalry side of things either. Really? By the way. Yeah, I think they've lost the last four or five. Well, they have an opportunity to win tonight. They sure do. Rico's here. I'd take the over. Not dead, Rico. Not dead, Rico. Woo! NDR. He t- take the over of whatever the number is. Whatever the number is, he was looking at his phone. The numbers were. Well, no, there's no over. numbers on there. There isn't. I was saying no. There's like nothing. It's just the schedule. There's no numbers. There's no numbers. 
So 108, 102, 88. All right. So where where would you be comfortable setting that line? 79? I'm more impressed by the margin of victory, Mm. which they won by 58, 55, and 55. Do they win by 50 again? That's the question. I might take the – if you set the, the winning total at, like, 48, I would take under. Yeah, I mean, I would I would take the under on it, too. It's probably somewhere lower than that. Especially if you said that Creighton has won in this series the last four times. Uh, four or five, I'm pretty so sure. So if I said it, it if I said it, it... Wasn't Nebraska women's basketball a couple years ago pretty good? Uh-huh. Too? Yeah. If I said it at 17. The margin uh, of victory? I would yeah. be willing to take Nebraska at over 17. What about 20? Over. Be nice, but not by much. Be cool if they win by 20, 25, 30, 40, something like that. Opportunities are endless. I thought there was a chance of that last night. Nebraska uh, lost last year 78 to 62. Wow. No, I, I remember. I'm they are a, currently on a five game losing streak. That's it. Five. Thank you. Wow. I would not have guessed that. But they're really good at home against Creighton. They're 20 and 3. Ten and thirteen away. So they've, but they've lost the last two. Yes, at home. Yes, both of which I was involved. <laughs> in. Have we ever considered Connor Happer have for you, ending the streak? Have you Awkward. considered me? I don't know. I think I hope they win tonight. Otherwise, we're just going to be there's just only pain. What year was Nebraska? Were they really good? Uh, they went to the tournament in seventeen eighteen. Uh, so November nineteenth, twenty seventeen, they lost sixty four to forty nine. Yep. And twenty eighteen, they lost seventy four to sixty five. Nice. Losers, got to win tonight. Otherwise, the whole state is gonna blow up. <laughs> you know, that sounds about right. <laughs> Well, that's it for the state. <laughs> right before the final buzzer, just like hug your loved ones. Was there anything that prompted that at all? Or is it one of those where it's just out loud and you're like, I said that. Yeah. That was that me. That's probably one of those. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What are you mentioned it at the start of the show, Schaefer? Like what are we what are we gonna do? If nobody can win anything, what are we supposed to be doing here? Counting down the seconds to the baseball season, they released their schedule yesterday. Do you want to? You want to parse through it? Yeah, we got Brunts coming on at ten. We can have them walk through every game on the schedule. Well, we've want. known it for a few weeks now. We, yeah, they just finally put it out. Made it in, official in form. They don't have season tickets available yet for baseball. I've been I've been looking for that. Hmm. In March, there are only two away games. Since your since your other season ticket purchases are rewarding, you things are going well for me. <laughs> going real well <laughs> things are great what are, like I, i've heard that sentiment from people a, a lot so over the last like 12 or so hours basically it's like what am i doing they what are we doing here nebraska hired these like we were su- super excited well, about the hires and they can't just they can't do anything the this kind of scary thing is so you talk about this a lot in football with uh, the apathy and what things will sort of look like if you just continue to not win games. 
at Pinnacle Bank Arena, you have a program with no history of success that has largely benefited from a new arena, some excitement of going over to those, those games, the first year in the arena going to the NTAA tournament, a couple teams after that looking somewhat fun. I I kind of wonder, like, if, if you just sort of, like, scuffle through this season the way that it looks like and you finish something like 11-20, and 20, which I don't know is out of the realm of possibility, and that might even be shooting high based on what we saw in two of the three games mm. or three of the three games. Mm. Um, those crowds are going to diminish mm-hmm. really fast. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even full last night. And I don't know how much of that was the 6 p.m. start and a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but for a game yeah, that... Yeah, lack of buzz. Yeah. I mean, for a game that's usually pretty big on your schedule, a lot of open seats in the 100 level. Um, which Weirdly, yes, there was yep. a row or something like that, like behind the student sections. Very, very well, odd. yeah. And then um, I, I just... It could get really ugly really fast for... What has been, you know, a, a source of pride for people with, oh, look, Nebraska is not even good at basketball, but look at what we do attendance-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I mean, that can go downhill really quickly. And then think and then think about what we have, what we're looking down the barrel of for next football season. Right. It feels like somewhat of a death march at this point. Yeah, well, it's just, it's a referendum. Like, everything's going to be... yeah. I, I, if, I, I'm if not they entirely... don't win against Ireland, then it's just going to be, well, how's Trev Alberts going to have this be a sellout streak? You've said that twice they now. win against Ireland. You... They don't win in Ireland. I, no, I just love the idea that they're playing Ireland. Wouldn't that be a much better non-conference game than playing Northwestern over there in a conference game? Nebraska versus Ireland. Whatever Ireland puts together for a football team, that's who Nebraska should play. Yeah. That would be a better use than if they would have played you know, Old Dominion. You should have invited Ireland sure. to come here. On September 17th this year instead of going to Oklahoma. It's not fun right now. No. It's not going to be a fun offseason for football. Next year, like you said, it's going to be a referendum all the time. Not only that, it kind of feels like the chances of it actually working and being successful aren't that great. That's just my, my early my early look in. Um, what? You mean you're not ready to cast your lot in with yeah. uh, no offensive coordinator, right. no quarterback? Yeah. Potentially no plan. Oh, don't worry. I mean, this is this is just how every offseason works. Like I sure. in in November I get super duper sad and it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. There's like some slight reasons for hope. I don't know. Something'll happen and then in August I'm like you know, nine and three. You you wanna like talk that. about absurd. I have talked myself all the way into the idea that Nebraska may win on Saturday with Oh. One full-time assistant coach on their offensive staff against maybe the best defense that they uh, played I, all year. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to sell people on that. We'll do that. Um, yeah, sure. We got all, the whole week to do it. We'll do that during uh, during the show today. Um, all right, Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald joining us now on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you, Sam? I'm good. What we we are in a bit of turmoil as far as the you know, football and men's basketball programs are, are concerned right now. It's just, it's not fun. The outlook isn't all that fun. What, what do we do here? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, here to shoot. Uh, the basketball team uh, has a lot of a lot of things to work through, and I think it, I'll tell you in the media, I think uh, some of that needs to be harder questions for for Fred Hoiberg, um, because the, the 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 roster is comprised. This is the third straight year that a crucial component of the roster appears to be a player who is who plays a style antithetical to what Fred Hoiberg wants. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen a basketball player receive more criticism online and from fans in the Nebraska basketball fan base, not talking Kentucky or Duke here, than Alonzo Burge. Uh, at some point, I'm not sure how much of that's on him. I mean, this is a player that Nebraska knew very much about. Uh, he played in a very specific system at Arizona State. Um, if they, if they knew, if they knew it might be a work in progress with him and the way that he plays and the way that he wants to get downhill. And, um, and it, 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 it seems like Cam Mack and Teddy Allen again. And, um, you know, that, that piece, I mean, that piece is on the, the person who constructs the roster. So it's on the lead assistant and it's on the head coach. And, you know, I appreciate Fred saying he's got 100% confidence in Burge. I think that he needs to say that because, you know, Burge isn't there because, you know, uh, uh, Hoiberg inherited him. Three straight years they've recruited players who are good basketball players. Cam Mack and Teddy Allen are good basketball players, but they don't play a style that's, that necessarily marries up to what Fred Hoiberg wants. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Scott Frost putting the quarterback out there who's, you know, 6'4", and, 237 pounds and can't run at all. Um, Scott either would need to change his system or he would need to change, you know, uh, the quarterback. And um, that's part of the, that's part of the, the challenge right now is that uh, that, that roster is led by a player who, you know, is still learning how to run what Poyberg wants. And then I think you also look at some of the other players on the roster and it, it just doesn't seem like that a lot of, um, a lot of improvement was made in the offseason. Uh, I don't see a lot of improvement in a couple of the returning players. I just don't. I don't see a lot of improvement. So uh, some of it, I think, is, it, it falls there. I mean, they made a ton of changes in the offseason. As people know, they, they they brought on a new developmental assistant and, you know, assistant to, to focus on development, and they're trying to work with the transfer portal and other things. So it's not like they're not trying, but it's, it's not going very well. And, um, you know, the football program, we, we've talked at, at nauseum about what's going on there. But, you know, I can identify the issues with the football program because I think we've all been sitting with them for a couple of years. At some point with the basketball team, they've only beaten six power six teams in three years. It's, it's alarming uh, how rarely they, they win against teams that you would consider their peers. Sam, when we uh, we last spoke last week, or I think we spoke last week, I can't remember now. Yeah. It's, you hadn't talked with Scott Frost yet after the moves that were made uh, last Monday, moving on from four assistant coaches. He'd spoken to the Nebraska media twice. What what have you kind of learned about where 
he intends to go and, and how he intends to replace four members of his staff. What he's reiterated twice is that the offensive coordinator is the most important hire um, in in the uh, in the job, and and that being what he needs to try to figure out is he. It's pretty clear to me he wants to hire someone who he can then entrust to run key portions of the offense that maybe Frost would divest himself from uh, in order to become more of a, a global walk around head coach. Um, so you're looking for somebody. You can look at this in two different buckets. You can look at it. Bucket number one is there's a pool of very experienced people who have done this many times before, and you are then looking solely in that bucket, and you're looking for the qualities uh, of a person who married too well to Frost. Or there's bucket number two where you say, we're looking for just qualities, and whatever coach we find, the best fit that we can find, the most innovative mind we can find, we don't care if that's at the FCS level, or the Division II level, or even in the NFL, we just want to find the person who fits Frost's philosophy really well, and then, you know, you go from there. It feels like Nebraska is operating a little bit more in the first bucket, that they want to try to find someone who has experience in the context, but I'm only saying that based on what Frost has said. So, you know, I, I, I think that that's probably a logical approach. Let me say this that the more successful of the two defensive coordinator hires that were made in 2003 and 2017, the more successful one was the one who didn't have any experience being a coordinator, Mm -hmm. and that was Bo Pelini. When you look at offensive coordinator hires, um, they they promoted Tim Beck from basically within, but Tim had experience. He he had some experience at Kansas. He and Ed Warner were what was considered co-coordinators. But if we're really honest, Beck kind of took that role truly for the first time. That wasn't, you know, he had done some play calling in high school and and I think at Missouri State and a little bit of that. But but at the end of the day, Mark Mangino called a lot of the plays at Kansas and Ed Warner was sort of the number two guy there. And so Tim Beck was elevated to that role in a way that was uh, was very new to him. And I thought he was a more successful offensive coordinator than Sean Watson, who was retained by Bo Pelini in 2008 and had it came with a lot of experience and the ego to match it. Uh, so if you go out and get a big time coordinator, guys, uh, you, you have to anticipate and understand that that coordinator on the offensive side of the ball, if, if defensive side is about heart, offensive side is about ego. And that offensive coordinator will have a very healthy ego. Uh, so, you know, Frost has to keep that in mind. If he goes and gets somebody who's been doing this for six to seven to eight years, you make the wrong choice there and the whole thing is over. At, Look at, at what happened at Washington, you know, and, it, and that, yeah. that guy's probably a pretty good head coach, but he picked the wrong offensive coordinator, and they they stink. Yeah. At the end of the do you expect Nebraska to, you know, as we go into 2022, do you expect Nebraska to, um, you know, attempting to be the Oregon UCF, you know, like is it is the hire going to come from that cloth, do you think, or – or, I mean, it's kind of a similar question to the last one, I suppose. But No, no it's, it's, it's a little different question. It's a good one. Um, I think where it comes down to is how mobile do you want your quarterback to be? How much do you want to put your quarterback at risk as a runner? And you, you, you weigh the risk of what has happened to Adrian Martinez game after game with the reward. And I think we're going to see the reward for example, this weekend. I'm not saying Nebraska's going to win the game. 
I am saying that I don't think Nebraska is going to get shut out. I think they're going to be able to make some plays because Martinez is a little bit more mobile of a quarterback than maybe the you know the guy at Northwestern or the guy at, at Purdue. Um, so I think Wisconsin will be stressed at times this weekend defensively. So you know, I mean that that's that's the biggest question right there. And then you've got to you know you've got to decide, you've got to make those decisions. Um, I think it would be hard to switch to the kind of offense that say Pittsburgh runs. Pittsburgh runs a pro-style offense similar to Wisconsin. It would be hard to switch to that offense in, in one offseason, especially if you know the head coach um, deep down wanted to run the quarterback. So yeah. my sense is they're going to they're going to continue to have a, a mobile quarterback in their system, and they're going to recruit either in the transfer portal or, or you know JUCO guys with with that in mind. Sam, if I remove quarterback from the conversation. And I am to ask you, what is the the position you think is most imperative? Nebraska goes and gets someone from the transfer portal for the 2022 season. You would tell us what? Pass rusher or corner. Um, I, I, clearly, they, they haven't done real well recruiting corners from the JUCO ranks or the transfer ranks. That hasn't really gone that well. Uh, so I don't know if, if, they, if they want to try that again. Uh, they might just say, hey, Braxton Clark, Quentin Newsom, let's roll with it and hope you've got a backup <laughs> who can back them up. Uh, I don't know who exactly that'd be, maybe Marcus Buford. Um, but pass rusher, and those are hard to find. You know, those are those are hard guys to find. Shake, you'll remember this name from a couple of years ago, junior college kid by the name of Jermaine Johnson. You remember him? Oh, I, don't, yeah. uh, I don't know, Indy or whatever. Just tweeted well, a photo of him in a cowboy hat. 15 and a half tackles for loss for Georgia this year. That's how important it is to get one of these guys. And I don't even know if Jermaine Johnson went to Georgia right away. I think maybe he did. But I can't remember. But that's what these guys do. I mean, if you get the right guy in your system, then then all of a sudden you're a you're just a different different kind of player. I actually went to Fresno State or Florida State. He didn't have those for Georgia. Yeah, so he uh, went. He went Independence Community College at a high school. He played for the same high school as JD Spielman, um, and right. then he went from Independence to Georgia, Georgia to Florida State. That's right. So he plays two years at Georgia and played okay there. Yep. Then he goes to Florida State for his senior year, which is what he is now, mm-hmm. and he's got ten and a half sacks there. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean that, that's you know, let's say that guy goes to Nebraska instead of Florida State. And by the way, Nebraska and Florida State are equally good this year. They're, you know, Florida State's not a great team. They're three and six, three and seven, maybe. I don't, know. I can't remember. But the point being that if that guy goes to Nebraska this year, Nebraska might have a winner, one or two more wins. So you know that, that kind of stuff happens. You, you've got to try to find that guy. Wisconsin finds that guy. Uh, they find guys that then they develop into that guy. Uh, I was talking to Austin Allen yesterday. I do this thing, this thing called the Future Report that I do every year, where I talk to players and say, "Hey, who's the, who are the guys coming up?" And he said, "Blaze Gunnerson is is a really good player." We haven't seen a lot of Blaze, and I think it's because he gets hurt a lot. But if he can get healthy, you know, maybe he's the guy. Maybe he develops into the player that Nebraska's been looking for. Um, Phil Darius playing. Phil Darius Payne plays hard. So does Caleb Tanner. They sh- they just don't get home. So you know, they've got to figure out a way to find somebody who can. Uh, Sam, we'll let you go, man. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, good stuff, and we'll talk to you later. Take care. That's Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Um, as always, good, thoughtful things from him on a little bit on basketball there and, and on football as well. We'll take a quick break. 
Um, and more up next on Happer and Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.